Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. What a sports weekend. Capped by the King. For the first time ever, sports fans, good Monday morning. We had the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, tennis, and golf all going at the first time. Never happened in the history of sports before LeBron ready to make some history. A reminder, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is with you every Monday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern. Jay's taking a well-deserved morning off. If you're watching on ESPN News, it's Key and myself. Jay will be back with us tomorrow morning. Just a reminder, be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at KeyJ and Z, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper. Loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. We'll get inside some college football on the way, including uh, Key's old conference, KJ Costello transferring over from Stanford to the Pac-12 and lighting up the champs. That's on the way. But Jay will be here with us in the 9 o'clock hour to be a guest on Keyshawn and Zubin. And as normal, you will be treating him as a guest and not Absolutely. as one of the three. No, he was no. You know here, you know get treated right. No doubt. <laughs> Just a reminder, the NBA Finals start on Wednesday between the Heat and the Lakers. And Jay will be with us every morning after that. So it'll be nice to get his first take on everything that happens right after the game. And then he'll get the first word tomorrow morning. But we look forward to having our partner back tomorrow. I know you're looking forward to the Lakers perhaps winning their 17th NBA championship to tie the Celtics. LeBron in his 10th Finals it's been 10 years since the Lakers have been to the finals. The symmetry is all there. What did you see Saturday night from your guys, and what strikes the most fear in your heart from the Heat, who will be the opposition getting in last night? Well, it was interesting because Saturday, I, obviously college football, I found myself diving into watching college football. You mentioned K.J. Costello from uh, Mississippi State. I watched that game. I had a chance to see uh, some other games. But then I <clears throat> got ready for the Lakers. And as time went on throughout the course of that game, you're sitting there going, okay, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're a little bit overmatched, but they're trying. And then I kept, you know, looking at the game, and Murray, all of a sudden, he's limping around and, you know, oh, God, here we go. Here come the excuses. If I was played <laughs> healthy. So I'm looking at all that. But then when we got into about the last seven minutes of that game, mm-hmm. the wine started to really pour. <laughs> because it started to feel as though we was getting ready to get out of this. And then LeBron James just turned into LeBron. He did something that I think a lot of Laker fans have been wanting to see for a long time, which is I'm about to take this mother over and nobody's <laughs> going to be able to do nothing about it, period. And you can see he wasn't about to allow his teammates to trick his 17th or his 10th appearance in an NBA final off. He was not about to have that. And he took control of the game and and dominated that last little stretch. Here's a couple of things from a nostalgic standpoint. I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are younger, but when you really think about the intertwining between these two teams, there's so much great on the line. A reminder, so much more NBA talk coming with Brian Windhorst, who I think, I'm a little biased, but I think he's probably uh, more closely aligned with LeBron James than anybody in the media. Brian's been with us for years and years. He'll join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line at 810. He covered LeBron in high school. He has seen this ascension essentially for the last 17 or 20 years. Here's something interesting for you, Key. September 27th, last year. Can you remember last year? It's been, it's been a long yeah, 2020. has yeah. been tough. September 27th of last year, the Lakers show up for media day, right? LeBron, second year with the Lakers, no more injuries, no more groin injuries. We're ready to go. We got Anthony Davis. One full year later, 
September 27th, they find out who their opponent is going to be in the NBA Finals. That's the Miami Heat. So this is going to be the longest NBA season on record. It literally took the Lakers one year to show up, get the pictures, palm the ball, have fun. Everybody's doing the team picture, the goofiness. From one year after that date, they find out who their opponent is in the finals. It's been a year unlike any other. Let's give the NBA credit. This is their 74th year. A lot of people didn't think they would be able to crown a champion as they get ready for their 75th anniversary, whenever that happens to be. I don't want to knock on wood. This is a glass table, but knock on wood. They're going to get it done. They are going to finish the season. Yeah, you you found that date from wherever you put it together. You put it together. I want you to find the date of when Pat Riley flew into Las Vegas two years ago. Mm-hmm. Find the date, the exact time when he sat down with LeBron James in his crew to try and pursue LeBron to come back and persuade him to come back to Miami. And look now, two years later or two seasons later, he'll get a chance to see his team face LeBron in a championship. LeBron decided not to go back to Miami, instead do something different, which joined the Lakers, sent Pat Riley back to Miami without LeBron James as Pat Riley waited in a hotel room quietly and patiently, but did get what he wanted. And now he has to see him all over again. He made a decision. Okay, well, you're not coming with us. We're going to eventually get this team thing turned around and fixed because I got Eric Sposter as a great coach and I can put anybody around him to get to a championship. They go out a year later, get Jimmy Butler, Iguodala, find Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and now all of a sudden they find themselves getting ready to play the Lakers in the finals. couple of notes on Riley here, and to mention your meeting, I got a couple great quotes. There's so much going on in the world. I know sometimes, you know, Key and I, we love the NBA, and you love the NBA if you're listening, but sometimes there's so much going on. Just a quick reminder of everything he's talking about. Let's remember this. Riley, I know you're a lifelong Laker fan. How about this is another great storyline before we get into the quotes. (laughs) Riley left the Lakers in 1990. Mm -hmm. So it's been 30 years since Pat has been with the Lakers. In those 30 years... He has never faced the Lakers as a coach or an executive for another team. So think about that. So he is now in a situation in the playoffs. He has not faced the team that essentially gave him his start, put him on the path, the slick back hair, the Armani, the showtime, everything. It's been 30 years since he left. The Knicks, the Heat, he's dabbled in some other things. This is going to be the first time he's going to see the Lakers on the other end. The key's point, that famous meeting between LeBron and Pat Riley, in which essentially... LeBron stiffed him, let's be honest. Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. (laughs) Here's the quote, you ready? This is what Riley said after the Heat lost the 2014 finals, got disappointed, eventually lost LeBron James to Cleveland, and then, of course, Los Angeles. Quote, this stuff is hard, he said at the time, and you got to stay together if you've got the guts, and you don't find the first door and run out of it. Now, he didn't say he was specifically talking about LeBron James, yeah, okay. but let's be honest, <laughs> right? Who is he talking about? LeBron fires back. Do you remember this, Key? After he left Miami, this is LeBron, quote, towards the 2016 championship making history with the Cavs. Quote, when I decided to leave Miami, I'm not going to name any names. I can't do that. But there were some people that I trusted and built relationships with in those four years who told me I was making the biggest mistake of my career. Again, This time around, he's not mentioning Riley, but, I mean, who do you think he's talking about? Wednesday night's going to be unbelievable. No, it is, and this is a subplot, right? If if there wasn't a LeBron and a Pat Riley to to talk about and build this thing, and it was just a Miami Heat, Laker-type situation, you would be like, okay, Lakers boring, because you can't find any. There's no real interesting 
conversation. Now we got Riley LeBron, Jimmy Butler, uh, Eric Spolster. So you kind of put all that together and you can have a real media conversation and drum it up. The music behind the backdrop, all of those sort of things is what's going to make this series really exciting. Not just the fact that you got two great basketball teams going up against each other. Naturally, if Boston would have made it, that was easy, right? Boston Lakers, that's easy. It's like, oh, Boston Lakers is easy. One has 17 championships. The others have 16. There's history. We can go back and we could find B-roll of, of Bill Russell and Jerry West, you know, and bring it all the way forward. Now, with the Miami Lakers situation, the only thing that you the thing that you reach to mm-hmm. is the Pat Riley, LeBron James. Right. Then you could now it's the Jimmy Butler conversation of the stops that he was at. He left those teams behind. Those teams are not good anymore. Miami is now moving in the right direction. Then you could talk about Eric Spoelstra not getting the credit that he deserved as the coach for the Miami Heat because everything was LeBron and in in Ray Allen and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. But now clearly he's separated himself from that. So this, those will be good storylines starting, I guess, today. Yeah, starting today, game one uh, will be Wednesday. If it goes seven games a season, but then October 13th, we should mention B-roll is some of that video you see on your screen from some of the old school. Remember, LeBron, 10th finals, only guys to do it. This is some old school B-roll or video we'd have to find in the archives. Bill Russell, most NBA championships. Sam Jones, people don't realize Sam Jones, he's 87. He's got the second most championships, Celtics guy, and of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Cap. Those are the four guys on that list. And I'd be remiss if I just didn't mention one last thing. The fact that they're playing the finals right outside of Orlando, where Frank Vogel had a miserable two-year run as the head coach of the Magic. He's now turned it around, got himself a real roster with real players. And after battling LeBron for all those years in the Eastern Conference when he was with Indiana, and LeBron, of course, was with Miami, now they're aligned together, and LeBron had some amazing things to say about Vogel over the weekend. Glad we got a lot of NBA talk here on the way. But come on, man, it's a football Monday. We got Lamar, we got Patrick tonight. Another loss for the Saints, though, last night. How concerned should we be about their slow start? First time in three years they've dropped back-to-back games. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's hard to tell with regards to being 100% with anybody, but the only guy I can tell you that was 100 last night <laughs> was Aaron Rodgers. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're also on smart speakers everywhere. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN. I know a lot of people are working at home, Zoom. We'd love to be a part of your workday. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless Key. You tried to tell us from week one on, and even going back to August when we debuted on August 17th, we were talking football like we talk 24-7, 365 as sports fans across the country. The drafting of Jordan Love meant nothing 
doesn't mean anything and will prove to mean nothing, at least in the short term, because Aaron Rodgers is going nowhere. You saw it last night, another virtuoso performance. And while other people are talking about Russell Wilson, and we will this morning as well with Dan Orlovsky, our NFL analyst, your NFL Live partner at 715, we cannot sleep on what this guy has been able to do, whether he's got a boulder or a chip on his shoulder. Well, I think what happened is the national narrative obviously changed on draft day in the spring. When the Green Bay Packers selected Jordan Love, the first thing people started saying is they started looking for the negative on the Green Bay Packers, right? It, they, they went back to, oh, remember the first game they won? He gave all the love to the defensive coordinator and Mike Pettin, but didn't talk about the offense at all. He was, you know, and so they started trying to set it up for his departure. Oh, it's a lot like Brett Favre. Look what they did. It's like, no, man, no. 13-3. and three. NFC championship game with pedestrians that are going to learn how to play the position. You think about what happened with them last night. Alan Lazard went nuts. Okay. But he also played well at times last year for Aaron Rodgers. And so when you think about it, if he had Devontae Adams in the lineup healthy, what would that have turned out for him? What, you know, so I was never worried about Aaron Rodgers in the relationship with the Green Bay Packers. That was a, that was something from a national media standpoint that was drummed up and not squashed by the Green Bay Packers, just kind of let it out there, left, let it hang out there, and people ran with it, opposed to really looking at who he was as a football player and his ability to still help this team advance to an NFC championship game despite not having any other real weapons besides Adam Devontae Adams at the receiver position but not looking at it and saying these younger guys are going to get the experience and learn how to play with a guy like Aaron Rodgers over time. So everybody was like, oh, they need to go get C.D. Lamb, or they should have got Henry Ruggs, or they need to – it's like, no, just they're happy with what they have. Week one comes along, he's dealing. People said he torched Minnesota. Everybody's like, ah, well, that doesn't mean anything. Then he goes out there and he does it next week. Then he goes out there and does it again. Now it's like – Oh, okay. Well, Aaron Rodgers has been playing the same way his entire career for the most part, other than when he gets hurt. When he gets hurt, the only time that you say, well, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing well. It's the only time. Keep in mind, they play a week from tonight. They'll be on ESPN's Monday Night Football. This seems especially cruel considering the way the Falcons have started the season, but it's Atlanta at Green Bay a week from tonight. On ESPN's Monday Night Football, two other points I want to bring to the table and to get your thoughts on this. You're right. Sometimes we underestimate how great somebody can make somebody else. You know, they always say Tom Brady made all these guys so much money. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, he made all these guys all this money. Valdez Scantling wasn't really doing much of anything. Aaron Rodgers discovered him. Alan Lazard was undrafted out of Iowa State trying to make the Jags practice squad. Couldn't. He's become one of the most important players in Green but you Bay's can't offense. make the Jags practice squad when you got them type of dudes throwing you the ball to That's Jags true. at. That's true. Like, come on. They going to make you look bad. Just go ahead, though. And conversely, Rodgers will make you look great. Now, I know many people that are listening to us. Right now it is 6.20 in the morning here in the East. So You can look at the clock over there. That's though, true. So My eyesight, know. not great here. <laughs> I, I got to go to the eye doctor. But one thing, I got the LASIK. One of the things that a lot of people didn't talk about is something that Chris Collinsworth, the NBC broadcaster, brought up at the end of the game last night. And again, this was late in the fourth quarter with Mike Tirico on the call, so many of you may have missed this. I, I probably made a bad decision to stay up, which is why I'm bleary-eyed. I can't see what time it is right now. But I want to get your opinion on this. Collinsworth said, don't ever underestimate the fact 
that the last two weeks that the Packers have played, or the first three games, they played in two of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. They played in Minnesota. No and fans. And played in New Orleans. And no what fans. he said was, no fans. He said if those places were raucous and going nuts, the Packers would have been in a silent count. There, were, there was a couple plays in the fourth quarter last night where one guy in the Saints jumped offsides twice on the same play. That happened in the fourth quarter. Twice on the same play. In an empty stadium in at an, home. Because he said Rodgers was manipulating the hard count in a way that his intellect and his IQ was just showing through. Whereas if regular fans were there, the environment would have been much tougher. And so Collinsworth is saying having a quarterback with this level of acumen can be especially important if there are no fans. Well, I think it, it, all quarterbacks, not just Aaron Rodgers. When you get up there and you walk up and it's empty and I can hear that hey! it's going to make you jump. You know, that, that, that there because it's – it's something that it, in practice, these are the things that happen where you hear a, a snap count. It is just reaction. And that's exactly what will happen. It's the reaction. When you hear in a loud stadium, you don't hear the snap count. So your, your, your eyes are looking at the ball, your sideline. You're, you're supposed to look down at the ball and not pay attention to the snap count. But as soon as I hear somebody say, you're going to jump. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just natural, instinct. natural instincts. So we got the Packers hosting the Falcons next Monday night on ESPN. I don't mean to bark that no, loud that, that's okay. in the fans' ears that's listening. Sorry. <laughs> We're all socially I distant. All, I, almost <laughs> I get all excited when we start talking football. No, I love the jargon. want to quickly just mention the Saints are going to be at Detroit next week. And Detroit actually showed some signs of life yesterday with the win Jeez. against Arizona. <laughs> Sean Payton said no matter what, whether we're playing great teams like the Packers or other teams in their division like the Lions that are struggling, we're just not playing good football. You know, we're one and two right now. Been a while since we felt that. And yet three years ago, we were 0 and two. So you know, a little bit of a gut check. And yet we're not playing well enough. You know, let's not fool ourselves. We're making too many mistakes and we're not playing. We're not playing disciplined enough on both sides of the ball. And that, that's really just the truth. That is indeed the truth. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. That, that is the truth. But also, Sean has a tendency at times to get a little cute with his play calling and you know, when, when you go to the well one too many times with, you know, you, you look at some of the things that, that Sean does, and you say, well, you don't necessarily need to do that. You could do some some just basic things and get positive results. You don't have to trick them into winning the game. When you start trying to trick, that tells me that you don't believe you can beat a team. Hut, hut, still to come. <laughs> oh, did, I, did I get you? Yeah, you sound like you sound like a – <laughs> Sound like a backup quarterback. <laughs> That's right. I'll hold the clipboard and collect the money. I'm totally fine with that. Still to come, right around Sunday when Carson Wentz danced into the end zone to tie the game with the Bengals, and people were wondering, how are they tied with the Bengals? At that Jeez. very moment, at that very moment, Nick Foles, his old teammate, was leading the Bears to a comeback win in Atlanta. Both guys have gone in completely different directions. So what does the future hold for both? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are certainly better, I should say, with the Bears saying, look, we are better off with Nick Foles. Trubisky had the opportunity. Game one, three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Did he turn a new leaf against the Lions? The win. Then they took on a terrible Giants team. They get to 2-0. and The Bears are 3-0. and I don't think they're as good as the Packers at 3-0, and but they've done it with Nick Foles. And after the game, Matt Nagy said, I'm not telling you what's going to happen next week. On Sunday, they will well, host Well, that's the- not very smart. Right. He's hosting, they are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. The Bears are at 3-0. and And Nagy said, I just want to enjoy this victory today. That was yesterday. But today is Monday, and we're down to business again. Yeah, it's not even a conversation to even have at this point. What's the I point? Mean, the point is, look, you're down by 16 points when Nick Foles took over. Mitchell Trubisky did. He went 13 for 22, 128 yards, right, and threw a pick. Uh, it, but when you when you look at Nick Foles for what he is, he gave them the energy and the life. He came in, took over, led three touchdowns. He threw an interception, but he had three three touchdowns. Okay, he threw he was sixteen to twenty nine for one hundred and eighty eight yards. Serviceable. That's who he is. Now, do you start Mitch Trubisky and then pull him to Nick Foles to come back in again? Do you play that game? No, you just start him and you're done with Mitch Trubisky. You've made it very clear that you didn't pick up his fifth-year option and the fact that you got off to a 2-0 start. And I always said, give it three to five games before you make a decision to go to Nick Foles. Well, you did it in the third game, so there's nothing else to talk about. If if, If I am the head coach in Matt Nagy, I have to now come out to to my team in our team meeting when we start the new week in preparation for the next opponent and let them know that Nick Foles is our starting quarterback moving forward. And that's it. 26-10, key reference to 16-point deficit. It was 26-10. The game seemingly was in the bag. Obviously, the other side, we can discuss it another time, what this really means for the Falcons. Obviously, a desperate situation here. Uh, and if Nagy was on a little bit of a hot seat, we know Dan Quinn's seat is scalding. Just on the other side, and I totally get it. He was the second overall pick, and this has been talked to death with the two guys like Mahomes and Watson. It's already been talked about that they passed on those guys. We get it. But why is it in any sport, but particularly in football, when a guy is who he is, we just can't accept it. You said Mitch Trubisky is serviceable. So he came in there and he had a serviceable stat line. He wasn't anything other than what we thought it was going to be. And people are just apoplectic that he doesn't look better. But you and all these other football experts have said, listen, this is who he is. Why are people in such a tizzy about him essentially just living up to his mediocre expectations? Well, because the expectations, when you're the number two pick overall, the expectations are high. That That is when you draft, a, when you draft players in that – Top five, one through five, it's supposed to be franchise changing, right? And and so, especially at the quarterback spot, if they draft him number two and they say, or, or better yet, 
if they draft him at 22 okay. instead of two, everybody's like, oh, cool, right? But because he was two, it's like, what are we we supposed to see what we're seeing out of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson that was taken with the last pick by how come we're not seeing that? Like what he was two. If he's two, and these guys are 15 and 20 and 18 and so on down the chain, he's supposed to be way better than them. It's supposed to not even be close. That's the way the fan base thinks. Their brain tells them if you're the second overall pick, you're supposed to be better than any of these guys that went below you. Keyshawn with a really hot take on Trubisky here in 20 seconds. But first, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you it's all about ESPN Audio at Home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at Home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. And I appreciate you listening on the smart speakers. It's 2020. That's kind of the way it goes right now. Not everybody's got a radio in the house or is in the car anymore. We were talking about this before the show with the staff. And we were all pretty surprised when somebody broached the issue of it's, it's an NFL mantra as old as time, get him in my camp, I can fix him. So when somebody essentially said, do you think Mitch Trubisky will be a number one starting quarterback for any other team in the National Football League in the rest of his career, a very young career at this point, I think I can, I don't want to speak for most of the staff, but me and most of the staff are like, based on what we've seen, I'm not really sure. And you said, oh, Absolutely. Someone's going to take a chance somewhere down Absolutely. the road. That really surprised us. There, there's going to be somebody, and I don't know who that somebody is. When he leaves Chicago, there's going to be a, a, a team that says, we like some of the things that he does well. We like that. I, I, you know, I've always liked him. He had a strong arm in North Carolina. When I worked him out, he was this, he was that. There's going to be somebody. There's always somebody especially when you are a first-round pick, mm-hmm. let alone the second pick of the draft. Think about it. Just think about it for a minute. In, in your head, of all the players that are first-round picks that it didn't work out with and they moved on to other teams, mm-hmm. they came basically there to battle for a starting spot. Now, you know, come to mind, it's just not saying that he's going to Denver. I know you'll get all Denvered up. Hey. But let's say like the Denver Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. They, they quarterback – He's available. It always says, okay, I like him. Doesn't mean he's going to beat Drew Locke out. Just means that they're bringing that competition in. Blaine Gabber, for crying out loud, was in San Francisco starting. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Ryan Leaf, okay? Ryan Leaf had three or four or five opportunities after the Chargers. He was with me in Tampa. Okay, he came. They, they really thought that they was like, man, he can throw it. <laughs> it, it always happens. It just that's just what it is. Some coach on Chicago staff will get a job with somebody else, and he'll say, "What do you think about Mitch?" He said, "Man, Mitch got did wrong, blah blah blah." And then the next thing you know, he'll be on another team. Blake Bortles. I mean, just think, I could go on and on and on. When you are a high draft pick, they're going to give you an opportunity to really see if you can make it. Last thing: How much of it is coaching ego? Like when I turn this guy around, when well, I do it. That's what happens. Look at Marcus Mariota. Had you know he did okay in Tennessee. Not great, not bad. Just kind of also there. number two overall pick. Number two overall yeah. pick. The Raiders paid him like nine million bucks to come be a backup to push Carr because eventually they may go that direction. Mm. You're going to always see a guy get another opportunity. That's just what it is. 
fascinating. I don't think they'll be replacing Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson anytime soon. We'll talk about the huge Monday night football matchup. One of the biggest we've seen on Monday night in years with our embedded reporters with both teams that have the inside scoop. But first, let's go from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. New at Redbox, Antebellum, starring Janelle Monet. Stream this theatrical home release today. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. The Heat are headed to the finals for the first time since 2014 when you know who took them there. And you know who they're about to face on Wednesday. This is a great, great key is fired up. This is a great storyline. Little better than uh, Miami and Denver. Oh, <laughs> we'd God, have to, no. We'd have to really dig deep to find some great storylines there. Spolster's dad was once an executive with the Nuggets. That's all I can come up with. That, that's the extent <laughs> of this. Thank goodness that we won't have to talk about it. Nuggets are out. Lakers took him out over the weekend. He took out the Celtics. Game one, ABC, 9 Eastern time on Wednesday. Of course, you can hear all the NBA Finals. Every single game, even if there's a Game 7 on October 13th on ESPN Radio. Russell Wilson continued his hunt for his first MVP award and, as Key has said, incredulously, his first MVP vote, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Big comeback win. Great game, actually, yesterday with the Dallas Cowboys. Tremendous fourth quarter. Wilson now has 14 touchdown passes this season. And he's doing all of this despite not having any superstar wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just... It's incredible. Metcalf's coming into his own, though, right? Well, he is, but he's still a long way, a long ways away from that Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, uh, Hopkins type situation. He's a couple years away from that. But Russell Wilson, man, I, I don't know what else to say. If he doesn't win it this year, something's wrong. I would agree with you. Metcalf only in his second year. There's 14 TD passes, breaking the record Patrick Mahomes set in 2018 for the most in league history through a team's first. Three games, and we just kind of discussed this. Nick Foles coming off the bench. I mean, that's all he does. Whether he's replacing a hurt Carson Wentz or an ineffective Mitch Trubisky, when Foles comes off the bench, that's the key. Big win. Bears are down 16. They're down 26-10. He rallies them to a 30-26 win. Mad Nagy says he's not ready to announce Sunday starter against the Indianapolis Colts, but as Key said, just use some common sense here. Yeah, man, come on. You played that. He played that game in the summer about not naming a starting quarterback. First thing I said, man, Mitch Trubisky's a starter. Well, I think Mr. Trubisky's going to start for us. Well, stop playing games. And it's over. And the Falcons are reeling. They'll take on the Packers on Monday Night Football next Monday. But all indications are you would think Foles is the guy moving forward. As I mentioned, they will host the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. Great Sunday in the books. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. More NFL chatter in just about 31 minutes with Dan Orlovsky, Key's partner, on NFL Live, dozen years in the NFL as a quarterback. What did he see from his QB perspective? He's licking his chops ready to go. <laughs> no, I just uh, – no, I'm just laughing. Dan's a good dude. I had to uh, – I texted or, or tweeted him on Twitter to let him know at the first half that Josh Allen had a terrific game. And the moment that I did that, Josh Allen started playing bad. I'm like, uh, yeah, first half only. Yes, and the uh, Bills did rally to go to 3-0, and and it seems like the Rams, who may have been aided by an offensive pass interference penalty in week one, may have been dug down and struck down by a controversial call themselves yesterday. Sometimes those things tend to even themselves out, but Allen did look really good in a game of two great rallies, right? Yeah. That game was on track. Had the Rams won the game, I was watching it yesterday. Uh, the announcers on the call were essentially saying that it would have been the third biggest rally in the history of the NFL, but instead the Bills rally and win the game. Monday night, Chiefs 
Ravens in front of 250 family and friends. That's what it's going to be. Maryland Department of Health saying that's all we can put at M&T Bank at Stadium. Jamison Hensley, our ESPN Ravens reporter, on a really juicy topic key, how Lamar feels about comparisons to Pat. Lamar Jackson hates comparisons to Mahomes. All week, he downplayed this matchup saying, I don't play against Mahomes. He is the problem for the Ravens defense. But Jackson hates to lose as well. And he is 21-3 and in the regular season as a starting quarterback. Two of those three losses have come against Mahomes. Now, with Jackson and Mahomes being the last two NFL MVPs, we're really witnessing the early stages of the next great quarterback rivalry. I asked Ravens offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. if Jackson and Mahomes drive each other towards greatness. And Brown told me, you won't hear Lamar say that, but when there is a superstar across the field who plays your exact position, you want to do better than him. What do you think tonight? There's no, there's no question you want to do better than him because you want to help your team win the game. But you, Lamar's right. I'm not, I'm not playing against him. He's not guarding me. He's not stopping me. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other side trying to engineer drives for my offense. And it's, it's great for television. It's great for radio. It's great for writers and beat writers and journalists to talk about. And, but at the end, he's got to do the job to help his team win the game. Can't get caught up in Patrick Mahomes throwing for 500 yards and we're only throwing for 250. As long as I get the W, that's what the most important thing is. And I think it's it's great, it's sexy, it's 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 fantasy football, all of those sort of things. People like that. But as a player, you don't really you really don't get you know caught up in a guy that's not guarding you or a guy that you don't have real direct contact with. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, minus J today, back tomorrow on ESPN Radio, the app and ESPN News, and your smart speaker. Just tell it to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And once again, Dan Orlovsky to talk a little football here. He was a, like I mentioned, 12 years in the NFL as a QB, so he can sort of help us line up this QB matchup coming up at 7.15. From your vantage point, Lamar was a unanimous MVP, so it's a little strange to say what can he really improve upon, but he's a young quarterback. All the lights, all the attention is going to be on him tonight, especially because obviously the Chiefs are the defending champions and the Ravens are going to have to get through them, as will everybody else. What's the biggest thing you want to see from Lamar that you've seen here the first couple of weeks but say to himself, you know what, if you want to take it to that next level, I need to see a little bit of this from you. Well, I think that the, the key thing for me is being able to have a signature win. Right? Does he have That's one? That's true. You can't. Does usually, he, it pops off the top of your head. Well, I mean, you could right? you could talk about going into Los Angeles on a Monday night and beating the Rams yeah. and playing the way he did, crushing, crushing the Rams and throwing the ball all over the lot. That can be one. Um, but but this one here on a Monday night, given what people want to create as stakes, right? Kansas City Super Bowl champions, Patrick Mahomes, former MVP off to a great season, you're off to a great season. This is the marquee matchup that coming into the year, most people would say they're one, they're two, they're one, they're two. They're going to come out. You're going to see each other in the AFC championship game. This is the one. If you go and you win this one and you do it with Lamar Jackson type game fashion, people would say, okay, okay, he's he's turning – the corner, but I think that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting to see that 
signature win. And everybody has one, right? Everybody, no matter what sport it is, you have that signature moment where all of a sudden I got over it. And I think tonight for him is that. And if he doesn't do it, doesn't mean that the the, the world is going upside down. Right. This means that he's got to push it off again till next time. It'll be interesting. You make two good points because remember that Rams team. Oh, absolutely. Great points. Absolutely. (laughs) What what would I expect otherwise? The Rams didn't make the playoffs last year, so that's a signature win against the team that didn't make the playoffs, so it's tough to really call that a signature win. But at the time, the Rams were... Absolutely. At the time, they were coming off a Super Bowl, and it was one of those Monday night, you know, on the road, hostile environment, and it was something that we thought at the time, that it would be different. No doubt about it. And then also you take a look and say, this is, I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to put the car before the horse. It's week three of the season, but you're right. If you take a look at the 256-game NFL schedule, this is number one. Like, this, if you were to rank all the games this season when the schedule came out and that's become like a holiday for NFL fans, like, literally, this was the number one game that everyone circled and were hours away from watching it tonight on ESPN. If you can't get jacked up for this, I don't know. Well, it, it's, again, it's the Super Bowl champs. It's the reigning MVP against the former MVP of two years ago who probably could have got one even before that, right. you know, and so uh, Super Bowl. So when you start to look at it, these two teams are perennial playoff contenders year in and year out. Uh, it's a sexy story, right? It's, it's, it's two black quarterbacks going up against each other. I mean, it's all of that, mm-hmm. and you can't uh, ignore any of it. And so – you would say the leader, for the most part, who wins this game becomes the front runner in the AFC. That's the way they're going to be selling it. Front runner in the AFC, depending on who wins. And so we're looking for that. And I'm looking for him, you ask me, I'm looking for him to have a really good game and come out on top. Because when you go back and you look at matchups in the past, whether it was in, in, in all the way back to 1993 with Steve Young and Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. 04, you got Brady and Manning. 2012, you got Eli Manning and Aaron Rodgers. 2017, it was Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. These are guys that have won MVPs, reigning MVP and Super Bowl MVPs in NFL history. All of those guys are dominant quarterbacks. These are two young pups that have shown pretty good dominance so far. And you got to think that a guy like Patrick Mahomes is on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer, right? He's on his way. He's not there yet because he's got a lot left in him. But I don't see any regression in his career coming anytime soon. And the only thing I see with Lamar is him getting better. I mean, Lamar's doing what he's doing. And the receivers for Baltimore, they're not – I mean, Hollywood Brown and, and, and uh, uh, those guys are not – again, it's like Russell Wilson. He's not playing with Julio Jones and Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. He's got some guys. Now, when he gets a guy – then he may take his game a step further, even more. So, you know, that's what it is, if it's worth anything. That's what it is. All guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Dan Orlovsky at 715. On the other side, real quick, we know Jackson's great on the ground. Can Mahomes be as effective as a runner? Adam Teicher, our ESPN Chiefs reporter, with that answer. Probably not, but Mahomes reminded last week against the Chargers how resourceful he is when he's out of the pocket. He led the Chiefs in rushing. The Chiefs are now 5-0 and in games where he's been their leading runner and threw a 54-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill when he was on the run. He ran five times on third down last week and converted four of those plays, and those plays were all deflating to the defense. You know what's so funny about uh, 
right there when he said he's not a dynamic runner. If he changed that damn number and he wore a single digit, he would look like a dynamic runner. Just like that. I, I'm telling you, if you man, it's something about single digits and running quarterbacks. When you when you take and you look at the guys that run around that can still do some things, they got single digits. If you drop them in a number 15 and a 17, it doesn't look the same. I'm just telling you, the way you look is important. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.